Hello and welcome to the Genuine Admissions Podcast. I'm Amy Thompson, Dean of Enrollment at Loomis Chafee, and I'm your podcast host. Today I'm really excited because I'm joined by two guests, um, two of our dorm heads here at Loomis Chafee. So Lily, you want to start and just introduce yourself to everybody? For sure. So my name is Lillian Corman. This is my fourth year working at Loomis. I started working at Loomis right after I graduated from Dickinson College. Um, and I currently am the dorm head of Cutler Hall, which houses 52 underclassmen girls. Um, I also teach Spanish, mm-hmm. and I teach in the Norton Family Center for the Common Good. Um, I teach a section of the seminar on the best self. I've also taught the freshman seminar on the Common Good. Um, I also coach um, JV field hockey in the fall. And, and you are a great JV yes, field hockey coach? Assistant coach <laughs> to the one and only Mark Williams. Um, and club basketball in the winter. That's yeah, so you do a lot yeah. around sleep. campus. Yes. And Jackson. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, Jackson Fleming. I, uh, it's my fifth year at Loomis uh, Chafee. I also came straight out of college from Bates College up in Maine. And uh, it's my fourth year as a dorm head. Um, my third year serving in a 38-person uh, upperclassman dormitory called Batchelder Hall. Uh, along with my dorm head role on campus, I also am a Latin teacher, and I coach soccer and tennis and advise the student council on campus. Um, and this year, for the first time, I'm also teaching a course on global digital cultures, a term course. Um, so much Which like is pretty cool, yeah, I have to say. Yeah, yeah. it's been a lot. And we of can fun. talk about that in another podcast. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so much like my colleague here, uh, wear many hats on campus. Well, and just talk a little bit. Have you talk a little bit about just what you see as benefits of of boarding school, boarding life, and not not necessarily just at Loomis, but you know, for those families who are just thinking about boarding school and not sure, you know, what do you see as the the benefits of that in terms of the development of young people at a very crucial time in their lives? Jackson, can you? talk a little bit about that yeah absolutely um as someone who did not go to boarding school themselves in high school i've my since i arrived at loomis i've really been uh sort of blown away by how great an opportunity it is to go to a boarding school experience prior to college Mm -hmm. where you can kind of get the experience with some training wheels attached uh, and more of a safety net Um, And I think one of the things that that really provides, particularly high school students, uh, is the opportunity to sort of, like, have scaffolded independence. Okay. uh, And sort of build their ability to to live on their own, but with all these support structures in place. Okay. So I really think kids who go to boarding school benefit from sort of an increased opportunity to build their independence uh, and further initiative. Um, on on the one hand, and then the other thing that I really see from them is uh, a great opportunity to build their social skills, okay. um, both with their peers and adults. I know that uh, in high school, for myself, for example, sometimes interacting with peers outside of school, you have to reach out, right? Yeah. You have to organize events. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're going to a boarding school, you're constantly surrounded by your peers. Mm-hmm. And so, especially for those kids who might be a little bit more um, less extroverted. Yes. Uh, it sort of gives them, it facilitates that step to yes. being and interacting with their peers, mm-hmm. both inside the classroom, but also outside the classroom. So I think it's a great fit uh, for students um, of both extroverted and inver- in- introverted uh, varieties. 
Uh, and then from the interacting with adults side, the, there are so many adults that you will interact with uh, from across. Uh, as you saw with my colleague here, we both wear so many hats on campus. Mm -hmm. And you're going to interact with uh, a different ad adult who's on duty every night in the dormitory, mm -hmm. in addition to the multiple adults who live in your mm -hmm. dormitory uh, in attached apartments. Mm -hmm. uh, and that just gives, I think it's a great opportunity for you know young adults and teenagers to uh, gain valuable uh, comfort speaking with and talking with uh, adults who are not immediate family members. Right, um, and it kind of, it takes away a little bit of that intimidation factor, right? That exactly. sometimes young people feel in addressing adults and, you know, and being able to reach out for help, which seems so scary. Mm -hmm. It's not as scary if it's the person who's also giving you your, your dorm snack every night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. yeah absolutely. No, it definitely makes, uh, and as a, as a adult who lives in, those, uh, in, in that environment, uh, I, I definitely value the conversations you can have with kids in that sort of less formal setting where yes. kids definitely feel more relaxed uh, at, at the end of the day. And sometimes you can have much more powerful, powerful conversations uh, and meaningful conversations than you would be able to have in the rushed nature of a busy school day. Final last thing I, I would say, which kind of goes without saying, is the kids in the, living in these large spaces with multiple uh, dorm mates learn very valuable lessons about just cohabitation, about thinking about others yes. and the way you behave and care for the space in a communal setting yes. uh, and taking you know responsibility for the space that you live in. And so I think that's a really valuable lesson that uh, kids who go to boarding schools learn. Yes, huge. Very good point. So so then thinking about that, uh, the benefits generally, Lil, can you talk a little bit about um, the intentionality behind that at Loomis, our philosophy here in for terms sure. of our boarding program? Yeah, yeah our residential program um, is extremely intentional. Um, speaking on behalf of all the underclassmen dorms specifically, that starts from the moment a student, a new student, is assigned to an advisor. Mm -hmm. um, all new students in the dorms for underclass dorms are assigned, and upperclass dorms if they're new, mm -hmm. as a new junior or senior, mm -hmm. um, they're assigned to an advisor who either lives in that dorm mm -hmm. or works in that dorm mm -hmm. during the weekdays. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that you know, the intention behind that is pretty clear and mm -hmm. that we want to make sure that our students that are living in the dorms are having or making connections with adults that they're going to be seeing, like Jackson said, um, no matter, you know, if it's Monday night or Saturday afternoon, right. um, they're going to be seeing them and they're right. going to have some type of contact with them mm -hmm. every week. Mm -hmm. um, and so starting with advising all the way through the things that we do every night in the dorm, mm -hmm. um, the, the work job program that we have here at Loomis mm -hmm. trickles down into the dorms. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, while it might seem like a small thing that we have in the dorms, it really is intentional talking back or looping back to what Jackson said about accountability um, and making sure that you're learning how to coexist. Yep. Um, you know, it's it's fun to see kids taking out the trash as, um, <laughs> you know, especially in underclassmen girls' dorms, they'll, they'll do it together. They don't want it to, will you take the trash out with me? Um, so it's really fun to see them um, kind of leaning on each other and being exposed to different, you know, opportunities mm -hmm. or situations um, and going through that together with mm -hmm. different people. Mm -hmm. um, you know, rooming is another thing, mm -hmm. you know, when we do our roommate pairs over the summer we really try to make sure that those you know while they're while they'll be able to 
coexist. Mm -hmm. We also want to make sure that they're being paired with somebody that's coming from a different background yep. um, so that they're exposed to, to somebody different. So again, like it is very intentional, mm -hmm. um, starting from advising, trickling down into who they're living with and what they're doing every day in the dorms. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so so in relation to that, uh, the two of you run two actually radically different <laughs> types yeah. of dorms, yeah. right? So, you know, there's there's some very similar themes that we're talking about, but there's also significant differences. Mm -hmm. And when we're talking about, for example, the our younger students, our youngest charges, uh, the ninth and 10th graders versus the 11th, 12th, and postgraduates, there's a big developmental timeline that we're talking about there. And also, um, you know, you're also advising two different dorms of two different genders, one, one a girl's dorm and one a boy's dorm. So, um, so I'm wondering if you could each talk a little bit about how this philosophy and intentionality is specific to your particular situation in your particular mm -hmm. residence hall. I don't know. Yeah, so in Cutler, um, right away, to make sure that all of our students, whether they're new or returning, we have this year 36 new mm -hmm. and about 16 returning total mm -hmm. students, mm -hmm. um, making sure that all of those students new and returning feel like Cutler is their safe space, no matter mm -hmm. what, mm -hmm. whether they're new um, or if they lived in a different dorm the year before, mm -hmm. um, making sure that they feel some type of sense of belonging, I think mm -hmm. is our first priority. So how do you foster that in Cutler? The month of September is a pretty crucial time for this okay. like transition, okay. right? And yep. so, um, you know, on day one, on move-in day, I'm sure people have seen videos of it, but, yep. you know, the move-in day with music yeah. and making sure that all of our faculty are present, all yep. of our prefects are present, yep. all of our athletes that have already moved in are present, yep. welcoming everybody to the dorm, and then having that FaceTime mm -hmm. um, multiple times a week with the girls yep. so that they know that we're around. And yep. there are, in Cutler, four faculty apartments. And mm -hmm. so those faculty are especially expected to be present, mm -hmm. um, doors open, mm -hmm. so that walking through the dorm so that the girls know that, that they are seen. Mm -hmm. um, and the prefects, I think we'll come back to this, but play a big role in that too. Um, meeting once a week at least with prefect groups and mm -hmm. so it breaks the dorm down into okay. even smaller communities of like six to eight kids per group okay so that they can get to know them and breaking it down by floor as well so that they can get to know their floor Okay, so when you talk about September as being that crucial time, which makes sense, especially given the number of new mm -hmm. students that you're you're dealing with a lot of new students to boarding life, mm -hmm. right, and a lot of younger students. So I'm sure that part of what you're trying to do is that balance between you actually do have to have some structure. Uh, you have to have some structure to what happens in the dormitory and, you know, whether it's, you know, rules and regulations mm -hmm. or policies or whatever. So you're trying to get across information, but you're also trying to build community at the same time. Right. And so are you doing... Um, you know, uh, dorm meetings once a week where you're trying to balance both of those things or are there particular kind of traditions that you or, or events that are all community events in the dormitory that you're trying to do more kind of fun activities to balance out some of the other stuff? Because it's not all fun in the dorm, right? right? And it's also not all rules in the dorm. You right. have to kind of balance both. How do you do that in a with, with younger students who are new to the community? Yeah, we definitely have to be mindful of the fact that there's a lot of new transitions. Yeah. Um, the academic transition, the athletic piece, yep. um, you know, all different facets of, of life at Loomis mm -hmm. are coming full force in September. And right. so finding a good balance is definitely important. And um, 
making sure that we're not overloading mm -hmm. by, you know, if one week we have prefect group meetings mm -hmm. and a dorm meeting mm -hmm. that ha that goes over rules, maybe we would pass that week on okay. the, like, all-dorm event. Um, mm -hmm. But one thing that we do right at the start, every underclassman dorm does an all-dorm Olympics. Ah. Um, and so it's fun to kind of go out on the baseball field and have Richmond Hall, which is <laughs> the other underclassman girls' dorm and Color right. Hall, um, competing not against each other, but within the dorm against each other, mm -hmm. um, and having every underclassman girl out on the baseball field on the first Sunday of the year is definitely something... It's a it's a really fun sight to see. Yeah, that that's yeah. that's uh, tons of excitement yeah. going on out there, and something just fun to bring everybody together yeah. and a lot of excitement around. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so you know, then kind of on the flip side, we've got the <laughs> older students, <laughs> right, <laughs> who don't need as much to learn about the transition piece because the majority of the students in your dormitory or who are in grades eleven. 12 and postgraduate are not new, but you do have some who are new. So I think it would be interesting to hear a little bit about, you know, first of all, again, like how your philosophy behind running your dormitory, but also the transition piece and for new students in particular, because we do admit new students to those, those you know, upper class grades too. Um, so yeah. thoughts about that, Jackson? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so one of the things that's great about working in an upperclassman dorm is, uh, the, as you said, the majority of people we get have come through the underclassman dorm system, and so they just emerge on the other side as perfect little cherubs, <laughs> all ready to go, <laughs> self-reliant and dependable. Um, so not, not always the case, unfortunately. Um, but what is true is that, uh, seriously, for my colleague here and uh, the others who work in the underclassman dorms, do do a great job. And the... the uh, the progress that a lot of these kids make is astounding. It's one of the things I love most about coaching at third soccer is I get to see them uh, as freshman boys in the mm -hmm. fall as pretty much as raw as it gets <laughs> in terms of uh, uh, the maturity level sometimes. And uh, But then seeing them again when they're entering my dormitory as juniors or seniors, it's like a revelation. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, at the same time, though, they're still teenagers. Right. Uh, and... Uh, as you mentioned, uh, we also have a mix of some students who are just new to the mm -hmm. dorm experience, either mm -hmm. PGs or uh, new juniors. Mm -hmm. And um, so much like my colleague mentioned, one of the similarities that does connect the two experiences is, is the desire from the dorm, the importance for the dorm to create an environment where the kids feel uh, to be truly a home. Mm -hmm. uh, that basic human right where someone should have a safe space to go back to at the end of the day where they feel like they belong mm -hmm. is something that uh, is, you know, just a core element of my belief mm -hmm. system and one of the things that I find to be the most important element of my job here amongst mm -hmm. all the different things I do uh, is to provide that sort of environment for the kids that are in my dorm. And uh, one of the ways I seek to do it uh, is through right from the get-go with my RAs, myself, mm -hmm. and my uh, the other faculty on my team, uh, sort of a full-court press mm -hmm. in terms of just enthusiasm upon arrival, mm -hmm. uh, reaching out to make sure every all the kids have what they want. The RAs are amazing. The, RA, the student leaders yes. are amazing at really reaching out to the kids consistently, really engaging them in conversation, uh, pulling, uh, checking on them over the course of the night, sort of like the eyes and ears on the floor, mm -hmm. uh, letting me know if anything's going, if there's any kid who they're worried about. Mm -hmm. And um, so that's sort of that's sort of like the day-to-day -day level. But then the more macro things I love to do in the dorm are dorm events, um, mm -hmm. particularly for upperclassmen boys. 
uh, apart from maybe large quantities of food, there's nothing <laughs> that brings them together more than like a little competition. Uh-huh. And so yep. getting them out of the dorm for dorm v dorm dodgeball tournaments mm-hmm. or uh, like capture the flag mm-hmm. uh, modifications on that idea uh, <laughs> out on the turf, uh, scooter hockey, um, all sorts of sort of... Uh, Activities on on that side sometimes. Was your, car- was your caroling competitive? Uh, our caroling was not competitive, but <laughs> I should say that that's the other component is certainly that uh, we also like to do some events that uh, you know uh, are more community building with mm. the group. And one of my favorites is our Christmas caroling. <laughs> uh, the the tone of or the musical quality of the singing is not always uh, uh, the 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 best, but the uh, enthusiasm is always there, and the choreography sometimes makes up for it as well, so um, that's um, the that opportunity every mm-hmm. December to go and visit some of the nearby dorms and share our uh, some, some holiday classics with them uh, is definitely one that I think the boys always remember, and I, mm-hmm. I love walking back to the dorm with them at the end of the night with them just being like, like, can we go to one more dorm? You know, after all the hesitation at the start. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, so those sort of events are amazing. Um, other things I like to do to make sure to foster senses of belo- a sense of belonging and community mm-hmm. in the dorm are on birthdays, having all, going around and having uh, opening the floor to compliments of the boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, it's amazing to see how much better they get at, at speaking up and providing like genuine mm-hmm. uh, compliments to mm-hmm. their peers mm-hmm. and the vulnerability that goes into that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and the uh it's it's a real it's a skill that you mm-hmm. require the ability to label why someone else in the dorm is important to you right and uh the ras really lead from example at the beginning of the year but quickly like a month or two in you start hearing like every kid i think in the dorm has has stood up and and expressed why another kid in the dorm is important to that's them that's great uh and i think that's a that it does so much for the community where right. everyone can sort of see the way in which these different kids are are making the community a better place to live for right. other members. Um, and so all those are just some of the ways in which we try and create that space for the boys in the mm-hmm. dorm. Um, stepping away from the community building, just an, another aspect of uh, upperclassmen dorms, That uh, one of the ways I think of about it is that they're getting closer to the next step, uh, mm-hmm. which is college, where right. the same safety nets, the same structure is not going to be there. So we try and sort of prepare them for that by removing some of the scaffolding, by giving them a little bit more independence, a little bit more room to make mistakes, Mm -hmm. while still maintaining that underlying safety net where that if the increased freedoms that they're provided, Mm -hmm. such as uh, less supervision during study hall Mm -hmm. or uh, getting to stay out later on on weekends, if that is not is proved and they're not ready for that then we can step back in and impose uh some some catches for Mm -hmm. those for those individuals Mm -hmm. so i think there's a really intentional progression that the students go through in their time at loomis to be ready when they leave to 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 really succeed in college right uh, living more fully on their own right right so um that that's an important point in terms of dealing with the the scaffolding and the structure that's being set up in a dorm like Lil's 
what are some examples though of like the that type of structure that uh, takes place in in your dorm and cutler? So. Yeah, so a typical study hall night is a good example of okay. a structured yeah. night yep. in cutler. Yep. Um, the girls come to check in with a faculty member or the prefects on duty from seven to seven thirty, mm-hmm. and then from seven thirty to seven forty-five, they're expected to be getting ready for study hall. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not wandering the halls and mm-hmm. hanging out with their friends. Like mm-hmm. once they check in, they're back in their rooms prepping all the things that they need, the materials that they need. Mm-hmm. Um, if that means going to the library ahead of 745 when study hall starts to print something, mm-hmm. that's something that they need to learn yep. to do yep. um, before they sit down to start their homework at 745. Yep. Um, that's not something that should cut into study hall time. Yep. Um, and then at 745, their phones are actually out in the hallway. Mm-hmm. Um, so you look down the hallway and you see all of their phones lined up, <laughs> um, sometimes on the charger, sometimes, <laughs> you know, not on the charger and then <laughs> just dead or something, but um, their phones are in the hallway and they're either at their desk or they can be on their bed um, mm-hmm. doing their homework for a solid two hours, 7.45 to 9.45. Um, you know, the prefects are on duty mm-hmm. during study hall and so they're kind of proctoring on the second and third floor of Cutler while the faculty member on duty is proctoring the first floor. Um, if they have a question, if they need to ask a friend for help on a homework assignment, they ask permission. Okay. Can I go into so-and-so's room and, you know, ask for help on my chemistry homework? Mm-hmm. Um, just so that we can kind of get them into, you know, best practice of sure. talking to faculty members also, yeah. right? Like, or yeah. talking to other people, asking yeah. for permission. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of a typical study hall. And then at 945, they come back down to the common room to check in the line you know, is all the way down Cutler Hall and they come into they come into the common room, they eat their snack and they go right into work jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone works together to clean the kitchen, the common room, every floor is mm-hmm. vacuumed, trash is taken out um, first, second and third floors. Um, and then lights out in Cutler is at 1045 for mm-hmm. all students. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of after the mad, mad rush of work job and people getting in the shower and getting ready for bed. Um, it's in your rooms at 10.30 and then lights out is at 10.45 mm-hmm. and um, we do it all again the next night. So <laughs> it's, it's very structured um, yeah. for sure. It's, there's the rhythm. It takes a, a while for the girls to get into a rhythm. Yep. Um, but we expect that and we know that that will yep. happen. And of course we're very understanding. That's great. Um, one of the things, uh, last things I just wanted to touch upon cause you did talk about prefects and RAs. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, I know they play an important leadership role in the dormitory uh, on a very positive way in terms of role modeling. And you choose who those upper class students are going to be very carefully before they get those roles. It's among the most sought after leadership positions on campus. But one of the things I'd like you to address are kind of the challenges that students face and how those are related to uh, the faculty in the dorm and how they might be related to the prefects or RAs in the dormitory. So what are some of the things that students face, like, for example, homesickness or, um, I don't know, things like that that you see and and the role that the support network plays, whether it's peer-to-peer or whether it's adult-to-peer, adult-to-student? We see in Cutler and the underclassmen dorms a harder transition for some in the academics Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and we have a lot of support on campus for that. Yep. The expectation then would be that a prefect could help um, and intervene, an advisor, Mm -hmm. any faculty member in the dorm Mm -hmm. um, or we would go to Lena Sadowitz over in Mm -hmm. um, academic support Mm -hmm. um, to make sure that those students are seeing um, they're getting the help that they need academically. Um, Study hall of course 
does help with that, mm-hmm. but there's only so much that we can do as faculty, right? right? We're not standing over every kid's shoulder right. and watching them right. do their math homework right. or their Spanish homework. Right. So um, it is, in, um, in a way, on the kid, um, on the student to get their work done. And mm-hmm. um, if that's not happening, um, that's when, as a team, we kind of come in and say, what can we do right. um, to better help the student academically? And you also mentioned before that you get feedback from prefects about kids that they might be concerned about, or maybe Jackson mentioned it with the RAs, I'm not sure, Mm -hmm. but that idea of if a prefect or an RA might see a younger student struggling with something, if it's academic or otherwise, they have meetings with you separately, right, to to have those conversations or? Yeah, yeah, I can can talk a little bit about this. Uh, Definitely, I think one of the Loomis mantras uh, that we impart to the students and also hold as faculty is never worry alone mm-hmm. and this idea that if there's any sort of if you if you're worried about anyone there's so many resources on you uh, on campus for you to reach out to mm-hmm. whether it be the dorm head uh, the advisor loop them in you mm-hmm. can loop in uh, we, we have the counseling department mm-hmm. also mm-hmm. Um, there's such a strong support network there to help that student mm-hmm. um, and I think one of the things so along with academic I think the other thing you just see in any high school, whatever high school you go to, uh, it's such a time of growth. And with with growth, uh, there is always going to be uh, anxiety uh, sure. and with and some stresses. Sure, and of course. So when I'm in the dorm uh, and, and I notice, for example, that a kid seems like he is just, you know, maybe a little bit down yeah. uh, relative to an ordinary day in the dorm. And that's yep. one of the great things about working in the dorm is that you can recognize that, that nuance. Right. Of, you have a baseline already exactly. of their behavior, right? So you right? can tell so you know someone's off, off. Right. Exactly. And uh, so I'll, I'll pull them aside and I might have a short conversation with mm-hmm. them, uh, you know, in the entryway of my apartment uh, and just sort of check in uh check the pulse. Sometimes that becomes a longer conversation mm-hmm. with the kids clearly ready to talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that can be very productive. But then after that conversation concludes, however long it is, I'm always sure to follow up with his advisor, um, give him recommendations of other people to follow up with himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, his advisor will loop in the parents mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and depending on you know the situation. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, you know, there's I'll probably let the person on duty the next night in the dorm have a sense to like, hey, keep an eye on on this student for me. Uh, So just in case, see how he's doing. Um, And so there's this really great communication, I think, between the different people on duty, including, uh, as we mentioned before, in addition to what the RAs bring in terms of their ability to recognize something's wrong and bring it to other people. Can I send my daughters to boarding school and, and say I think they get a lot more support than they get from me at home? I mean, <laughs> true confessions. <laughs> so I, would also, I would love to touch on the importance of the role of the uh, returning sophomores yes. in an underclassman dorm. Oh, I yes. think a lot of time we, yes. we turn immediately to prefects yes. um, who, of course, are meant to be the role model, the mentor. Right. and. Every person needs a mentor and a role model, whether you're 14, 25, 45, it doesn't matter. We all need somebody to mentor us along the way and help us out, um, to look to for advice, for guidance. But developmentally, right, we've been talking so much about the developmental stages yes. in, in at Loomis. And, yes. Um, it's so, it's so guides our thinking right now with our underclass cohort and our upper class cohorts. Mm-hmm. Um you know, developmentally, 
a new freshman is closer in age to a returning sophomore. And right. there's also no title for right. a returning sophomore, right? right? Like they're not the sophomore, right? They're not like <laughs> right. prefect. Right. And so right. um, there's like a different type of trust mm-hmm. that they can build with mm-hmm. one another. And so I work a lot in Cutler with my returning sophomores to make mm-hmm. sure that they recognize how important their responsibility mm-hmm. is and their role is in the dorm um, in community building and making sure that those 30 new students as freshmen and five new sophomores or whatever it is feel at home um, right. because it shouldn't just fall on the prefects. It is right. really a team effort. So. Right. And it enables them to kind of uh, have that informal leadership yeah. that to experience mm-hmm. that too in an informal way and to forge those connections in ways in which they might not even yeah. anticipate. It's really good awesome. practice. Yeah, that's a great point. So, uh, final question, then we'll wrap up. I mean, this is a little bit of a sucker punch question. So, are you ready? Ready. Why are you a dorm head? <laughs> uh, well, I think I partially addressed this maybe already during this conversation, but uh, I think the reason why I love being a dorm head is, uh, as we mentioned already, the opportunity it provides you to get to see the kids uh, in an entirely different environment than you get to see in the classroom or uh, on the, you know, on the field or the court. And, uh, and I, I feel like this third sphere that you see them in is just so important uh, to both their success at the institution, but also uh, to their growth mm-hmm. as an individual. Mm-hmm. And so for me, in so many ways, I think the work I do in the dorm is the most important work I do mm-hmm. uh, as an educator. Mm-hmm. And so it only makes sense to me to want to do it in the biggest way possible, <laughs> which would be as the dorm head and mm-hmm. uh, where I can have the most influence and really set the culture that I think will uh, best benefit my mm-hmm. students. Mm-hmm. Awesome. What about you, Hello? For me, when I talk to students and... Um, listen to what they have to say about their their experience at Loomis. A lot of times for boarding students, they say that their experience in the dorm is by far the the thing that they love the most. And so, I mean, kind of like what Jackson said, um, they love that, mm-hmm. and I love that they love that. Right. Um, and so, you know, why not help them? Mm-hmm. love it as they come into Loomis and mm-hmm. as they embrace this new this new community um, or or community that they've known for a year or two and mm-hmm. um, they love it so much and it's it it really it shapes their experience here for the for the better yes what what an incredible impact that both of you are able to have in this role and we are so incredibly fortunate to have both of you <laughs> thank you so <laughs> thank you so much for for sitting down and taking the time to talk to me today this has been the genuine admissions podcast i'm amy thompson and thank you for listening